What is consciousness? It's perception. Consciousness is awareness, perception. Humanity has come to. And to do so means that the certain influences in the world must be acknowledged. You have no power over me. Cool. Hello, this is Chris Jansen um, with End Evil. Life. End Evil podcast is meant to work on the um, ideals and principles of truth and freedom. Sitting here with me today um, on the internet is Chill Will Keller from 93 Phoenix is his website. How are you doing today, Will? Hey, what's up, brother? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for, uh, for having me on. You're welcome. You know, um, we were having this conversation last week, kind of talking about um, some of the rough things that you and I have been going through and some close friends that we know of. Uh, in dealing with relationships in this time. And um, it sparked this idea that we should have a conversation we could share with others. Absolutely. Yeah. What a, what a great topic, especially uh, given the, the current circumstances, the, um, the energies that are going on right now. And uh, yeah, definitely an important topic. And th that conversation we had was, was excellent. And I know, we were like, all right, we have to do an episode. We got to get this out there because uh, I, I would bet that a lot of people are going through um, all different type of scenarios. But with, with the change that's going on right now, um, it's good to, to communicate these kind of uh, these uh, propositions and ideas. Yeah, it's really, it's really bringing things out into the open. Um, you know, when I, I was looking forward to chatting with you, but I didn't want to dump on you all my problems, you know, but as soon as I started mentioning, you know, here's some of the issues I'm dealing with, it was super obvious that you were right on the same page and you had um, similar things you wanted to talk about. And then we started talking about other people and we're like, man, this is big right now. I think from, from the quarantine to the COVID stuff, the police state stuff, the protest um, racism issues, all this is, kind of bringing a lot of feelings to the surface. And mm. I think that's going to cause a lot of division between, especially between um, couples and husband and wife situations. And that's kind of yeah. what I was hoping to address. Yeah, no, you're right. It's the, it's, you know, the year 2020. So vision, uh, everything's being laid out on the table. Um, belief systems, uh, false axioms and that, you know, that creates division within couples and relationships and family and friends. Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely crucial. I, one thing I, I kind of took a couple notes while I was sitting at lunch today at, on a break and I was thinking, you know, I mean, it's always difficult for anybody in a relationship, but I think who I especially want to speak to are uh, folks like yourself and, and myself who also are the children in the mix. I think um, a relationship that involves children is like a whole nother level of issues because uh, when you start having relationship issues, it's not just about you and your, your, your loved one. It's about, or, or your spouse, you know, it's also about 
how's this going to affect the kids or the family, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point because, um, you know, with the, the trials and tribulations that I've personally been through, um, you want to do everything for your, your child or your, your kids, but yet there has to be, you have to look out for yourself as well. Cause you got to be mentally and emotionally stable and uh, so it's kind of like you have to have the whole package. It's, it's really, it's a, it's a dance and um, it can be tedious. It can be frustrating. Um, it can be great, but you know, it's definitely a process. Well, being a parent is um, definitely one of the most humbling <laughs> experiences I've been through in life. <laughs> it, it constantly forces you to reevaluate your decisions and, um, feel going through feelings of guilt, uh, feelings of, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? You know, I think all parents wonder and ask themselves like, how am I supposed to know what to do in this situation? You know, and you can read a book and that could tell you one thing. You could talk to someone, they'll tell you something else, but there's no one answer to uh, most questions you face as a parent. You have to search within yourself ultimately. And um, we're going to make mistakes, right? Yeah. No, absolutely. I, I think, uh, you know, the root cause for, for everything is, is knowing yourself and also um, knowing how the laws of nature operate. Because that's kind of like your, that's your operating system, right? It's based in, in objective truth and morality. And then you can go from there. Um, and, and that can go for relationships as well. If you have two people that don't, don't know themselves through and through, and don't really know how things operate, it can get really messy. Um, especially this, like this time period that we're going through where, you know, you might have a couple where one person um, jumps on the bandwagon for something and the other person is the opposite. So, you know, the, the, the polarity, the polarizing effect in society right now is uh, intense. And, you know, that macro to micro trickles down into individuals and relationships. Yeah, like whatever problems were there before, this is going to put a, a microscope on it or a magnifying glass. Oh, yeah. And, sure. and, you know, my experience is even as um, evolved as a person as you might be, or I might be anyone, uh, there's still going to be those times of day when you're not in the best shape or you're not prepared and, and you get blindsided. You know, I've had this happen so many times, especially considering my wife and I both work, you know, full time. Uh, very um, intense types jobs. She's a nurse, uh, you know, I'm in construction. So, you know, a, a day like that can be like in battle, you know, like you're getting home from battle basically, and you want to, you know, relax and put your stuff down and they're, they're your, your spouses and they have some demand or um, complaint and it just catches you off guard and you yeah. say the wrong thing and then that balloons and turns into something else next thing you know you're at each other's throats you know <laughs> yeah for sure yeah i think most of us can relate to that <laughs> so yeah even with you know even understanding um deeper issues i'm you know i spend a lot of my time thinking about philosophy and truth and what's right and wrong that that's my focus but that being said, I still make some huge mistakes. And sometimes um, I have to humble myself and apologize, you know, for even if I was saying the right thing, sometimes saying the right thing in the wrong way at the wrong time, 
is a is a mistake you know yeah yeah and i i know during these times it's tough too because um mainly what i'm talking about is people that are the seekers of truth and and knowledge and uh you know once you have that desire it's a desire for change and to be better but there still has to be that balance if someone's in the family dynamic or in a relationship and and these times can be tough if there's an imbalance meaning one person is not on that level um and you know, we, we talked a lot about that in our, in our previous conversation. And I think, and just talking with people in this community, a lot, I, I feel there's a lot of people that are kind of going through the rocky times with that in context. Definitely. And that I think is, um, you know, I've been wanting to address that issue for many years, actually, because um, for me, when I first came to certain realizations, I think from from my wife's point of view, it was, it might as well have been going a little crazy. You know, uh, this, she sees this big change happening. You know, this isn't the same person who I married, basically. I've heard that statement several times. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I have gone through these major changes and come to these huge realizations that have caused me to start making changes in my life. And it, it, it really forces the issue w- with, with my wife where, um, I can't expect her to come along with me on this journey. Uh, I wish it would be that way, but as I'm the person who respects um, that every person needs to have their own choice, freedom of choice. Mm-hmm. And I also have to recognize that on my journey, you know, when I was, you know, 10 years ago, I didn't come to the realizations that I did that I have now. So um it's a difficult process to recognize that we're not on the same journey, you know, and that would be the best, but it's just not the case. Yeah. You know, and I think that's, that's a a common um, situation with a lot of people, you know, it's um, everyone's on their individual path. I think one, one um, bonus, well, not really bonus, but one benefit with being in that type of situation as I am as well um, is that it will allow you to focus on the, the teaching ability. Um, You know, you and I are both teachers of natural law and truth and this type of information. So being in a relationship like that, where, you know, the, the people aren't on the same level, it can, you can use that to your advantage and to influence with, you know, through communication and information and allow you to kind of uh, sculpt your, your teaching capabilities. If, if that makes sense. It does, but I would say on the other side of that coin, you know, one of the major difficulties I've gone through is I'm always practicing in my head when I'm driving to work, uh, when I'm talking to people at break, I'm always practicing my, um, my delivery of how I teach, um, how I try to plant the seeds of curiosity in people around me. And that drive in me is so strong that it can be overwhelming to people that live with me, not only my wife, but my kids, because they get it in the most raw form. 
And, and sometimes I've come to recognize it's kind of not fair to them in a way that, you know, they're always like, you're giving us a speech, you know? And anytime I start turning on that certain voice and I go past two or three sentences, their ears are all going to close because it's just like, Oh, here comes, here comes dad. Here comes Chris with the, another one of those speeches. And I do have to respect that it's not fair for me to expect them to be my audience anytime I need an audience. Yeah, no, I, I can totally relate to that. Uh, I I've had, I've had my, I've learned over the years. That's for sure. From my own mistakes. Um, You know, you can't, like you said, you can't force someone to, um, to be the seeker. Um, and I think in extreme cases in relationships, um, it can be too opposite where, you know, um, or somebody, you know, we're talking about levels of consciousness. So once you start to transcend and, um, you know, move up the levels and change, you're going to be a different person. And sometimes in relationships that can, that can be tough. Well, especially if, you know, the recognition comes that this is something that we discussed when we were talking about the spiritual journey. Once I came to the realization that there are principles that are far more important than me or my wants in in my relationship, or even my family, you know, uh, freedom is much bigger than me or me and my family, you know, and that might require at some point for me to choose the greater good. And uh, for someone who doesn't see things that, who hasn't learned to see that truth, um, it comes across as all this crap that you're into is more important than us, you know? Yeah. And um, that's a hard pill to swallow. Be a, I haven't found a way to um, translate that. Or, or there are times when I talk about truth and I'm saying, this isn't my opinion. This is absolute truth. There is such a thing. And um, that comes across from um, my wife's perspective, for instance, as no, that's your opinion, you know? Yeah. And that's not yeah. an easy bridge to cross. Because I do recognize that, like, I have the ability to see it from her perspective, you know, how that would seem if I were in her shoes, you know. Mm-hmm. In fact, I was, I had a, a good little, um, you know, life brings you these little things to remind you. I was having a conversation recently with someone who was very um, religious in um, a Baptist type um, religion. And um, he was giving me these like revelation style um, prophecies that here's what's going to happen in the future. You know, a third of the population is going to die of pestilence type of thing. Mm. And I'm listening to this thinking, boy, you know, uh, I can see where from someone like my wife's perspective, when I talk, it could come across that way as some crazy preacher, right? Yeah. And they might shut down without actually hearing the information. So now beyond what our normal relationship issues are, there's this whole other thing where, you know, I care about something that from her point of view is uh, 
out there. Woo woo. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've experienced anything like that. Um, oh, a- absolutely. Yeah, no, no, for sure. Um, and, and I, I don't know if, if I have the answer that, to that for that, honestly, I, I've been searching for it myself, but what I came to conclusion is that, um, you know, principles, first things first, principles come first. And, um, you no, know, no one said the growing pot process was going to be, um, easy or not painful. Oh yeah. And I think what I've had to realize several times in the last month or two is it might cost me the things that are most dear to me, including my own physical body. You know, if I stand up for my principles in a time like this, it may well be that I have to give up anything or everything. And if I really stick to what I, what I know to be true, I have to be willing to make those sacrifices and yeah. be consistent. Absolutely. I, I agree a hundred percent. And, um, you know, they st- stepping onto that path and having the courage to walk it, uh, you know, definitely recognized in the universe, you know, it's, um, um, you know, when, when someone's off the path, they, all these obstacles start coming up and, you know, I see those as signs when that happens. And then, um, when you get the clear message, sometimes you, um, you got to jump and act. Um, and I know that to be true in, in my, in my personal life for sure. But, um, I think, you know, when it comes down to being in a relationship with love, love and morality and principles go hand in hand. You know, there's the, there's the, the polarity of, of love. And this is something that I wanted to talk, talk about with you as well, is that especially with everything's coming to the surface nowadays, there is, you know, there's two types of, of love in a relationship. There is, you know, let's just say dark and light. One of them is evolving for the good. And one of them is, uh, the involution, right? It's, it's degrading at all times. And I think those can intermingle at, at different points, depending on um, change in the individual. So, you know, self-sacrifice um, is definitely part of the process, um, in my opinion. And when you, when you look at it from the bigger perspective, and sometimes I have to really ask myself is, what is really best for all involved? You know, if I take out my immediate needs and wants, wants is more a better word than needs. Um, when, I, when I take away my wants, things I want, and my desires, my hopes for the way things could be, and just look at what's best for all involved. Well, what's best for all involved is if, if I do a really good job of my role as a male, as a father, and um, a husband, even if that means that my family doesn't want to be around me anymore because uh, they don't like the path, the way things are going because the way society is changing and the way I'm reacting to it. But if I'm consistent in what I'm teaching, that will mean more in the long run than me holding on to my desires and wants, which are sacrificing principles. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Well, well said. Um, I, I think the, the key to love and to, um, you know, a healthy relationship or even a healthy individual is transcending that, those base desires, that base level of consciousness. And um, so, you know, and the good old saying, you know, be the change. And um, I have a buddy that, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say his name. He, he doesn't even live near me and we fell out of touch, but he would always talk the talk on relationships and within his own relationship, but yet he would do the complete opposite. And, you know, that's, that's the, uh, that corrupt love, you know, there's, and that's another thing too, what's coming out is um, the narcissistic tendencies are coming out in relationships and uh, I'm not referring to mine at all, but um, well, yeah, maybe a little bit, <laughs> you know, shit's coming out <laughs> yeah, and it's coming to the surface and um, that, that can test an individual, um, you know, especially if they're on the path to truth and, and self, self-improvement and stuff. Um, it can really test you. And, um, but yeah. I think one thing what we, what we do have going for us um, I feel like I got going for me in my case, I've been married for 18 years and um, as much as one thing I say could really get on my wife's nerves or uh, how I react in a certain situation could make her feel scared. uh, You can't take away the fact that I've been showing up every day for 18 years and been loyal and always stuck to my commitment. And when, whenever the child, fell down, I was there to give her a kiss. You know, whenever my daughters needed me, I was there, you know, and I'm feeling pretty confident in that, that even if things didn't go perfect from here on out, my track record record speaks for itself. And I think there's really three main things I think about a relationship that are key. And um, besides knowing yourself, you, you, you hit the nail on the head. That's the first one. But the other three I thought of were faith, trust, and commitment. And I think it's kind of in that order. Faith, faith is something that is often confused because of um, cultural religions. But the way I see faith is, um, I like the way that Jeremy Locke put it in The End of All Evil. But he described it as the way a baby takes its first steps. You know, when you take your first steps, you don't know if you're going to fall down you know, but you you have faith in yourself that if you do, you're going to get back up or that things are going to work out. And so there is this, this leap of faith, you know, yeah. in the beginning, when you first meet someone, when you first get together with someone, when your relationship changes, you have to offer some faith, you know, you have to take this leap of faith. And then once you do, and the person sees that, oh, you know, um, I took this leap of faith and the person caught me, the person was there for me, my spouse, you know, keeps showing up. Well, that builds trust. Trust mm-hmm. isn't something you get all at once. It's something you build a step at a step, a step at a time, just like a baby's taking these steps. And once the baby's taken thousands of steps, the, the baby has faith in itself and it can stand up, right? Yeah, absolutely. And if you keep proving that trust over and over, then you prove your commitment, but, um, you know, maybe in a way commitment isn't right to put last there because 
for me, it began when we, when I decided to get married, I made a commitment and I've stuck to it. And that has to do with honesty. Um, I don't know. How would you, how would you put commitment in there? I think, um, you know, commitment, um, in a relationship, especially a marriage, you know, you're committing to each other for, um, unity and growth. Um, you know, we're, we're individuals, um, and I believe a healthy balance in a relationship, meaning that, um, two people are going to be at two different levels of spirituality, um, you know, some people not even don't even consider their, themselves spiritual, but yet they're still a spiritual being. Uh, they're just kind of bankrupt in that category. But um, having the commitment is, you know, um, committing to the growth process, uh, meaning that over the years, things are going to change, right? Change is constant. And you're committing to being there for one another. Um, through those changes, you know, whether it's, it's good or bad. Um, I think with the, the cultural, um, with just culture nowadays, there's the, the lack of knowing yourself and that trickles down to a whole bunch of other issues with communication and well, I mean, it's, it's almost a fail right there if you don't truly know yourself. Um, cause then you can't, you can't uh, communicate uh, that well. But so for me, commitment in the short is, is committing, is, tr is trusting, you know, and, and faith to me is trust, you know, trust in the, the higher order, the process. Um, so it's, um, it's committing to the, the growth process that, hey, you know, babe, we're going to change. <laughs> we're going to change throughout the years, but um, we're going to go hand in hand. You know, and I guess what sparked in me when you were saying that was you have to keep recommitting, mm, you know? Yeah. The original man. commitment was one thing, but every day over these 18 years, I have to keep re... And I can remember um, like a really bad argument when I walked away just furious, flaming mad, you know, and just walking down the street with no destination in mind, almost feeling like maybe I'm never going to go back, you know? And by the time I get around a couple blocks kind of thinking, you know, okay, once you get, once I get past my own little flare up of emotions I'm dealing with again, that question, what's best for all, you know, and um, my commitment to this person is to love her no matter what. And that yeah. means, okay, let's just say we can't stand being around each other anymore. You know, I've become the way I am now makes her feel ill, you know, um, or vice versa. And it seems like the best thing we don't spend time together. Does that mean I don't care and love for this person anymore? No, I'm still committed to always being there for the, this person that I promised, you know, that I made a commitment to as long as this person does not become harmful to me or others, you know? Yeah. And, and there's no way you can spend that much time with somebody and not see that, you know, if you're not paying attention, I don't, I don't know how people, come to a realization after being with someone many years that all of a sudden they're not anything like what they thought they were unless they're not paying attention at all. I mean, if you're spending day to day with, with your spouse, you should know what this person's about. <laughs> you know, if you don't, you're, you're not paying attention because it's all there. 
they either show up when they say they're going to show up and do what they say they're going to do or they don't, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, you know, I think that that's a good point. That's, you know, we, we look at society and, you know, um, like instant love, you know, is what is, is the majority uh the ideology that, you know, people are, are subscribing to nowadays. It's instant results, instant satisfaction, um, and instant love. That's why there's so much, so many marriages. And I think it's like 60%, it might even be higher, you know, end in divorce. And, um, there's a, there's a process before marriage. And then there's almost a separate process after marriage. And all those points that you said would be the after marriage, but I think it's important um, for people to, to engage and go through that process before they get into a serious relationship. And that is the process of self-mastery, of knowing yourself through and through um, and know how the world works, right? I think, I think you know, that's a crucial topic. That's tricky because, you know, I can a little reflection, a little personal reflection because of growing up with all these movies I've seen and television, I had this very particular ideal in my head of the type of woman, how she would look even, you know, mm. and I really went through some struggles, you know, uh, between 18, and my early twenties of having to really look at myself and be like, what are you doing? You know, it's like, this is life is not a Disney movie. You know, um, you're going to, you want to stick with someone who has good qualities as a person, not someone who looks like a Disney princess, you know, <laughs> yeah. but I really had to fight that, you know, cause it kept, it keep coming up. In my, I was so programmed that I had to actually fight my own self to say, it's not about, you know, superficial things. It's not about looks, you know, it's about how someone cares for you, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. And that's just one example. Disney teaches you that, like you're saying, you're just going to fall in love. Everything's going to be perfect. You know, and a lot of people go into life with this expectation and expectations are exactly one of the main things that screw us up. Instead of being in reality, we're, living towards this future ideal or possible expectation that we would have in our head and it doesn't align with what's actually happening hundred <laughs> percent and and you know that this has been implanted in in people since they were kids you know the great example is the, the disney effect right the the princess um the princess happily ever status. after Right. Exa exactly. And it's the same thing as, you know, with the, the parental figures in the Disney movies, right? There's always a mom or a dad that dies in the movie, you know, it's so they, they're subconsciously programming children um, for these kind of traumas and, um, you know, what to look for, what qualities and stuff. Um, it's just base consciousness, right? It's just keeping people connected to the ego and connected to um, um just desires and, and base emotions, you know, there's no, right. There's the no lower brain. Exactly. The, yeah. The, the reptilian brain and um, yeah. So but one thing that having kids does is as hard as you try, kids will rock you out of that. You know, anybody I know that's being a parent has a little bit more uh, knowledge about selflessness than someone who doesn't because 
having a kid forces you at times to sacrifice what you want or how you used to live, you know? Yeah. In the same way that moving in with somebody or getting married to someone does, you realize, oh, when I was single, I could just leave my shoes wherever I wanted. But now that I'm married, I have to put them in the closet, you know? Um, oh, absolutely. I used to just wipe my counter off when I felt like it. Now I have to do it every time we eat. You know, it's <laughs> like you do have to change and you have to give things up. And, you, you know, I used to go mountain biking or snowboarding every weekend. And now I got a kid. I had to I can't go for a year or two years, three years at a time. You know, you do have to give things up, which is a good, a really good exercise. And it's nature's built in one of nature's built-in spiritual processes to teach us, right? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, I, I, I remember even before I had, had my daughter in my life, um, I knew I would be a dad and I was excited about that. Didn't know when, but then I knew once I became a dad, my life was over. <laughs> yeah. Meaning that everything would change and I would be 100% devoted to, to my kid. Right. And I have friends now that don't have kids and they're like, they never want to have kids because they, you know, they're openly afraid. stating that they're afraid because they're too selfish. <laughs> it's like, yeah. So, and I try to stay in the, uh, in the student teacher um, mentality with, with my, my daughter. Right. I you, you're being so the student, much. right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Me being a student because I, oh, I, I learned so much from her. It, it's incredible, but I'm, you know, I'm learning um, about myself through, yep. through her. Yeah. So it's, uh, there's nothing worse than one of those moments when you realize you've just gotten too mad and yelled at a little kid who's innocent. Yeah. And you think to yourself, that's not a creative way to deal with the situation. That's me blowing off steam or using my power, you know, in an, in a, unbalanced way in an unfair way this is innocent little child you see them look at you with those little eyes and cry you really feel like shit you know <laughs> oh yeah no, for sure <laughs> and it's Definitely. bound to happen you know it, it's like i said it's a built-in process you know yeah and you know th this all ties in with with relationships uh, relationships as well you know the the cultural dynamic um is set up so it literally passes down through the generations the same um, dogma and cultural bullshit. So you have to break that cycle um, and, you know, do it, you know, engaging into the uh, spiritual journey and, um, and self mastery is extremely important for being a parent, for in a relationship, for yourself, self sovereignty. You know, I don't want to use it as an excuse, but that does bring to mind the fact that there are a lot of things in our culture that have purposefully broken down the family unit. You know, there, there was a time or there still are places where communities um, work together more. So I always thought about the fact that little kids do really well with grandparents, for instance. Mm. And if you had a community like a tribe, for instance, where there's activities going on, uh, a kid could run around and go say, hang out with the teenagers for a little while, or it could go hang out with the grandparents while, while the mother and father are doing the day-to-day -day business of work. And they, they don't have to be bothered with the kids because they're trying to get the work done. Right. Mm -hmm. But what, one thing we always faced in our relationship was my wife and I didn't really have extended family. 
We never had somewhere to take the kids. You know, we were always on, on, we had to be on cue all the time. There was no one to go drop them off with. You know, it took us a long time to even just find a babysitter. I remember the first time we found a babysitter, it was a really big deal. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, many years went by where we did lose ourselves. And now that the kids have become teenagers, it's a really odd thing. There's this extra space where you're like, whoa, what do I do with myself now? You know, I have to reinvent myself. Oh, yeah, for sure. But I mean, I, I got off topic there. But the point I was making is that our culture, our society, there's a lot of really destructive things that have happened that, that break down that whole community. And, it, you know, some people say it takes it takes a whole tribe or a whole community to raise a child. And we're trying to do it by ourselves, which is really hard for a couple in this day and age. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think that's the, uh, you know, that's the natural way, right? Community. And, um, you know, it's the, the family dynamic. I was, I was uh, blessed enough to have a huge family. So my family dynamic was, was, uh, was excellent. And, um, and, you know, my dad told me something. He said, he said, son, this is right when my daughter was born. He said, son, I'm going to break it down to you. When it comes to parenting, you're just going to do your best. But just remember of all the things that you didn't like as when, when you were a kid and make those things better for your child. So, you know, it's like an, it's just an upgrading process. And I like that. It, it resonated with me and, um, and I'm like, all right, cool. And it just, it hit home. It hit yeah, home. I could do that. Constantly be better, you know, cause times are changing and you know, my grandpa and great grandpa were, you know, it was different time, way different time. And, uh, they were, they were pretty rough on their kids. And, um, so yeah, just, um, we do it better. Um, one thing I thought we could talk a little bit about is, um, I've found one, pretty valuable tool. And um, I've just recently started trying to introduce it to the family. Uh, we actually had some family meetings trying to deal with some, some of our issues, you know, and I brought a printout of this, um, what's called nonviolent communication as a way to deal with conflict. Um, mm, excellent. Non, nonviolent communication um, was this whole idea is kind of drawn up by Marshall Rosenberg. And I'm not, I haven't studied it as deeply as I would like, but what I have found is a simple um, acronym, uh, it's not really acronym, O-F-N-R, which is observations, feelings, needs, and requests. And um, I mostly use it for my own self as a tool when um, I feel like I'm in conflict with my wife, for instance, and I you know, a good way to do this is to go for a walk. Um, just get out in the night, night air and go through these steps. Observations, feelings, needs, and requests. First, I'm thinking about what I observe is happening. Try to, try to define that. And just that process alone is huge. Sometimes the real, it seems really basic. It seems really straightforward. But if you do it in your mind in an organized way, what is my observation? What's really happening here? Be able to describe it. My observation is when I come in the house at this time and talk about this thing, this is what happens, you know? 
okay, so then the next step would be what feeling does that create or bring about? Like really define that feeling. And sometimes it's tough. Sometimes I'm kind of going back and forth. Am I mad or am I sad? You know? Yeah. But going through that process of trying to figure it out, which one is it, or is it more one than the other, maybe a little of both, is rewarding. By the time you've now, you know, said, this is the observation, this is what I see happening, this is how I'm feeling when it happens, um, then, then you can start looking at what the needs that aren't being met are. And I can look at my own needs, you know, and I can look at my wife's needs, what, what I understand to be her needs. And a lot of this I can do in my own mind, like on a long walk, you know? Mm. And what I try to do in the end through the walk is formulate a request. The last step is what would I actually ask her in a reasonable way that, that I actually think could change something she might be able to actually do that would help me feel like I'm better. My needs are being met. And I'll tell you what, by the time you, I go through those four steps when I've had tough arguments, I come with back with so much more clarity and um, I have been able to diffuse some pretty, pretty bad um, arguments and deal with my own emotions just by thinking my way through those, those four things. Yeah, that, that's great. And, and I have, um, I, I have seen um, uh, other documents like this that, that were just described in different ways, but it, it's a great format. And this is something that people you know, could use in their relationships. Cause I think there's a lack in communication and expressing oneself and everything, <clears throat> not everything, but you know, a huge flaw in relationships, especially this time is that people are emotionally reactive. Mm -hmm. And when you have a format like this really breaks it down and, um, saves a lot of the, um, the aggressive conflict and you're getting to, you know, the causes, the root issues and, um, and making progress. So that, that's awesome. I think, yeah. One of uh, Rosenberg's main things is that we all have needs and that is basically what causes crisis is when our needs aren't being met. When you look at the root of all these problems, someone's needs aren't being met. And yeah. so if we can find a way to meet the needs for both parties, and this is the core of most mediation. You know, if you were to go to a professional mediation, this is a pretty common process. And, and the other two main things are, are, are really um, taking claim of your emotions. And this has helped a lot in our household is to recognize that there's a really common tendency for people to say, oh, you make me feel like this, or it's your fault I got mad. You know, it's because mm -hmm. you did this. That's why I had to get mad. And it, yeah. once we recognize that that is an incorrect way to go about things. It's never going to work. It's never going to meet the needs of anybody to blame somebody else for how you're feeling. It, it's your feeling. The, the feeling is the reaction to the situation, you know? So yeah. it's nobody's fault, but your own, if you're having a feeling. However, that doesn't mean that someone isn't doing something harmful or hurtful to you. And that's you defining your boundaries and asking, making a request or making um, a line in the sand sometimes might be the next step. You know, if you're already beyond the request stage where, okay, I can't take this anymore. If this keeps happening, I'm going to do this, you know, and, and it sucks when it gets to that point, because then that's when, you know, that's when the guns come out basically. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
and things get drastic. But if you can keep it from getting to that point, uh, a lot of times both parties' needs can be addressed. And to me, this, this process and being able to do this in a relationship is so important because, you know, I believe in anarchy, you know, and anarchy involves all of us working together, you know, not relying on some other uh, government entity to come solve our problem for us. That would mean that we would have to do that with our neighbors and friends. And uh, there's always going to be conflicts, you know driving down the street, there's going to be conflicts. Walking down the street, there's going to be conflicts. So we have to learn if we really want a better world, if we really want to uh, do without all these structures, we have to learn how to make this communication happen and uh, take responsibility for our feelings. Yeah, you're, you're, you hit it right on the head right there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, E emotional knowledge and communication and uh you know th this the nonviolent communication document on the screen for sure that, that can be used for for everything just communicating in general neighbors community all that and and, th and this is a must in a um in a society of anarchy for sure communication and emotional stability I think one other big thing too is, um, I mean, you started off with know thyself, but beyond just knowing yourself is understanding your value and feeling valuable. You know, I came from a place before I started to understand the concept of freedom fully, I was not as confident as a person as I would have liked to have been. And I think that made it more difficult to be in a relationship with me, you know, because I wasn't sure of myself. And I would look to my wife for um, guidance or, you know, I would be confused about what I really wanted in life, you know? And I think it, when people are going through that, it forces the other person to say, hey, you're, you're sucking of my energy, you know? You need to figure yeah. out what you want to do. You need to be strong and confident in, in who you are. And so um, I think maybe understanding that, people don't understand their true value sometimes it's a tool to help deal with a husband or a wife or a friend who's um, you're having trouble in relationships with maybe they don't understand their value oh yeah that, i think that's a that's a huge huge part of it absolutely and you know the 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 problem um especially right now with everything, you know, coming up to the surface, uh, you know, people in relationships in general, that <clears throat> when, when someone doesn't know their value or has the inability to love, what that brings with it is spiritual bankruptcy. You know, they, your life force can get drained in a toxic relationship. And I kind of see the, the pattern, um, you know, during these times where all of these emotions and these issues are coming to the surface. So knowing your value and having self-respect, you know, standing up for yourself. Um, and I don't mean in, in you know, physical aggressive way, just knowing your value and uh, is extremely important. And so what people who um, don't understand their value, what are they probably going to be doing um, excessively? drinking using some some substance 
um, using drugs from the doctor to make them feel better because they really don't feel good inside. Yep. And if you're regularly having to change yourself every day, just, just to be at home, you know, are you really being you at all? Yeah, no, absolutely. This is like the, uh, the, the corrupt love, right? It's the emptiness and, um, it, it holds weight. It's, it can be detrimental to your, your, uh, your life work, your path work. Um, so <clears throat> it's a, it's a slippery slope, but, um, definitely having self-value, um, is definitely self-respect and, there, you know, we're we're we're, we're kind of touching on all the different degrees of relationships and marriages. So, you know, sometimes people have to know when they they need to detach from that that toxic, um, vampire vampireistic uh, relationship. You know, it's right. It starts jeopardizing um, your principles, your yourself, your mentality. Um, yeah, it's time. The, to, the abuse time to cycle will always repeat itself, you know, just like the, the alcoholic, um, who beats his child and then that child grows up and becomes an alcoholic who beats his child. Yeah. And then you have the very common, most relationships, there's the aggressor, the stronger personality, and then the more subservient personality. And it sets up this, um, codependent situation where, the softer, gentler one keeps appeasing the more aggressive one. And if people find themselves in one of these scenarios that has built up for so long, a lot of times they're, you're right. There's not always a good end to that. You know, it can't, there's no simple, sometimes I think the best for all concerned is, is to part ways, you know, or part ways for a time. Yeah, absolutely. And and recome at it from another angle you're affected by the karma being in, in a toxic relationship because you, you're, you're off your path. You're going against the grain. That's going to have consequences for yourself as well on a physical level, on a psychological and spiritual level. Um, you're going to see the degradation in yourself. And it's important, especially when someone is um, toxic in a way of, uh, you know, abusive towards their self, drugs, alcohol, um, it's going to suck you into a dark place. Um, so you got to know when, when to, to move on. And, you know, in, in, I'm all for the, the good fight in, in relationships when there is, um, you know, the, the commitment, like we were talking about, the commitment has to be there um, equally. Even if someone is kind of in the dumps in life, there's still that commitment and um, you know, that person can change, but when it's straight um, narcissistic and um, what's that, what's that, that demon that just sucks the life out of people that uh, the suck a suck a succubus succubus. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's right. That's re- that, that, that's just a, a level of consciousness, right? Where they're just, it's take, take, take. It's that, that selfishness you know i've um, met every every job i've been in every place you've gone i think we've all experienced someone who's sort of an extreme version of that who doesn't really know how to make themselves feel good 
Mm-hmm. And so what they do is they habitually, unconsciously steal energy from other people in a vampiric way. And sometimes it's people that raise their voice and yell because I, I can think of someone right away that does that. You know, they're just feeling low energy. They don't even conscious of what, what's going on. And they just show up and freak out and yell at somebody because they're in a position where they can get away with that. And everybody just has to kind of suck it up, Right. Yeah. And so if you're in a situation like that with someone you live with and who's supposed to be your best, you know, confidant, you know, your most trusted ally, and yet every day they're stealing your energy, you can't let that continue because that's not good for you or the person that's, that's doing that action. They're never going to recognize or realize their mistake until the person says, no more stealing my energy. That's enough. Yeah. It stops now, you know, definitely. Yeah. And that and takes the, a lot of courage. I think it absolutely takes courage. And you know, the suffering will keep con- continuing until that person comes to a uh, realization of self-respect and, and, and moves on. Um, um, what was I going to, I lost my train of thought. That's okay. You know, there's, there's so much more that needs to be said on this subject. And I think what we've done in the last hour has done a really good job of kind of laying out on the table a lot of the problems um, that exist and um, a lot of the big words that need to be discussed. And what I'd like to do is meet again in another week and um, let's get a little more into some more specifics and details and maybe we can bring with us some more information to share with folks. Um, Where do we go from here? We know about these problems. So what are the steps we take from here? You know, um, maybe we can give people some more tools like, like the um, nonviolent communication and uh, look at how we spend our time, how that affects things. And uh, I, I think we definitely need to uh, go a little deeper into the subject. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, next, the uh, second part, w- we can bring some some solutions and dive deeper into the psychology of some of these things. And you know, th- this is an important topic because there, you know, there's people uh, there's people going through this, especially in the truth community, um, and it it needs to have. There's got to be that dialogue there. So uh, I'm glad that that you uh, brought this topic up, man. Th- this is great. Yeah, I, I feel very supported. Um, you know, I, when I talked to you the other day, I thought what I was going through was so tough. And then I heard your story. And then I heard you tell me a story of someone who's going through something even much worse, you know, than what I've gone through. And I thought, whoa, you know, that really puts things into perspective. You know, my problems don't seem. Yeah, I'm not alone yeah. in this issue, you know, and, and that support that makes me feel a lot better. It makes me feel like, okay, I can fight this battle. Everybody's fighting. It. It's not just me, you know? Yeah, for sure. And, and that's how we can help each other uh, and support each other is by, by communication and, and dialogue and, you know, putting this on the table and uh, it is what it is. And, let, and let's um, communicate and, and talk it out because there are, there are, are solutions. Um, so, yeah. Awesome, brother. Well, thanks so much. Yeah, I really appreciate um, you taking this time with me and uh, and I think I, I know that other people will appreciate it too. So I'll try to get this um, myself prepared for our next talk. And you have a great week, Will. Thanks for having me on, Chris. I really appreciate you, brother.
All right. Have a great night. Take care. Gia. All right. You have to understand the, the, the totality of the big picture, the, the tapestry of all of this information as it pertains to what's going on in the world and how it affects our lives on a day-to-day -day basis. And then put it into a format that can be readily understood by other individuals and then share that information with whoever will accept any part of it. With whoever will accept any part of it.